Thanks for listening to the Faith Church Podcast. We are one church at five locations, streaming online every Sunday morning at live.faithishere.org. We hope that you're challenged and encouraged by today's message. And if you'd like to watch or listen to previous messages, or if you'd like to learn more about who we are as a church and how you can stay connected, head over to faithishere.org. It is good to be here this morning. It is awesome to be in the presence of the Lord and to be here at Faith Assembly with all of you folks. Wasn't that some awesome worship? Our, uh, our senior pastor, Pastor Larry Burbacher, is at the Monk's Corner campus this morning. So you remember him while he's over there. He doesn't get a chance to move around to all the campuses as often. So today, it's his honor to be there at Monk's Corner campus, and it's my honor to be here with you folks and to share what God has laid on my heart and hopefully inspire you. How many excited about the fall coming? Ooh, yes, amen. I say, I, like, I love the fall. It's my favorite time of the year, favorite season, because of several reasons. One, it's cooler. Two, it's football. Number three, it's cooler. Number four, it's football. Number five, it's cooler. <laughs> you see where I'm going with this, don't you? It's, oh, man. It has been hot this year, the hottest time, but I'm excited about this new season that's coming on us. So we're going to pray this morning. I want you to do something really crazy for football, okay? I want you to put your hand like you're putting it in the middle of the circle. That's what the football players do, okay? Put your hand out here, okay? We're all going to make like this is our circle, all right? And we're going to pray. Father, thank you for an awesome day. Thank you for your presence being here already, and I ask, Lord, that you would anoint me and the word that you've already given me, that I'll be able to give it, Lord, to the best of your ability, may it be anointed and change our lives. And on three, say amen. One, two, three. Amen. <laughs> so now, now you know what it's like to be in the huddle of the football, football team and, and get going there. All right. Well, I'm, I'm reaching for my assistant. This is my great assistant here. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, you know, I remember as a teenager hearing the phrase, I'm trying to find myself. Anybody else remember that phrase? I'm trying to find myself, you know. (laughs) I didn't know exactly what that meant as a teenager. But I tried to find myself. (laughs) So in the search of trying to find myself, I became a hippie. Now, I know that's hard for you to imagine. But yeah, I had the semi-long hair. I had the dingo boots. Anybody know what dingo boots are? I see some of you. Hey, you there. Later on, they started calling them harness boots in the fashion world. But dingo was the only brand we had then. (laughs) So I had the semi-long hair, the dingo boots. I had a leather band around my wrist, you know. I mean, I had friends who had tattoos and and had earrings and everywhere but ears. Wait a minute. Y'all think I'm talking about today, don't you? (laughs) But I'm really talking about the hippies and who we were and who we tried to be. You see, we were trying to identify and connect with something. So I used that line, I'm trying to find myself, even though I didn't know myself was lost. But the whole point in that, that era and that time was to make an identity, to find something you connected to, to find out who you were. Because when you know who you are, it made a difference. Even today, the same thing is happening. People are trying to find out who they are. 
You want to know what you're connected to. There are commercials on TV right now. One of them's called Ancestry.com. Remember that one? Because people want to know who they are connected to. They want to know who they are. They are looking for an identity. There's a long list of other genealogy you know, sites online that you can go and just scroll down and there's all kinds of places you can click on one and find out who you're connected to. One of the commercials, this guy said, I thought I was Irish, so I had the cute. <laughs> and then I found out because of the website that I was not Irish at all. I was German, so now I have a lederhosen. And you see him in his little outfit and he's dancing with his little hats and Two guys are talking, and one says, man, I thought I was Indian. I found out I was 20% Swedish and 80% Sooner. The guy says, Sooner? What's a Sooner? He said, well, Sooner be one thing as another because they couldn't figure it out. (laughs) I was so messed up. (laughs) He was saying he was 80% messed up. You see, if you start researching your family and who you're connected to, you might find out that the tree branches don't go too far. You might discover that there's a lot of wild roots. But you know what? We don't care. We still want to know who we belong to. That doesn't stop us. We want to belong to something, to somebody. Children grow up in, from children to adults trying to find out who their father was. Because if I know who my dad was, I feel like I'm somebody. I have a connection there. So we're constantly in this kind of search. Children who have adoptive parents love their adoptive parents, but they still want to know who the natural parent was. So they'll go on a long journey to find out who is my connection. Where am I? You see, if we have a connection to someone, it gives us a connection in life, and it gives us purpose. We begin to feel like we're connected, and now we belong to somebody. And it changes our pursuit If you know something about who you are and where you're from, it begins to make a difference in where you're going. You'll get it. See, Jesus knew who he was. Jesus knew who he was in John 14, 6. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm it. I'm the way. No man comes to the Father except through me. I am. I know who I am. I am the way, the truth. I am in the Father in John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it's the Father living in me who is doing his work. Now, here's an amazing thought. Here is Jesus Christ, God in man. And he said, but I know who I am. I am in, Christ, in God, and God is in me. The Father is in me. I don't speak on my own authority. I have authority. I am God in man. I have all authority I need. But it's not about me. It's who I'm connected to. Wow. Wow. See, Jesus didn't come to, to talk about himself. He came to talk about the Father. He was God in man, but yet he recognized the Father was in him. Jesus knew who he was, and he knew where he was from. In John chapter 8, 
tells us of Jesus teaching in the temple courts and the men were all gathered around. They were trying to discredit him and trying to tear down who he was. And They first asked about a, a woman in the adultery. You know the story. He said, let the man who's without sin cast the first stone. And then they all left in silence. Later they challenged Jesus again and they said, how is anything that you say valid when you are only the witness of yourself and what you say? And Jesus answered him in verse 14. He said, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I came from. Whoa. Check out what he's saying. I know who I am and I know where I'm from. My testimony is based on where I'm from. You may not know where you're from, but I know where I'm from. He knew that they would not get it. Because they were from a different place and he was from a different place. I know where I am from. John 8, 23, he continued, you are from below. Whoa. I don't think that was a compliment. (laughs) I, I think he was hitting them right between the eyes. You are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. It makes a difference when you know where you're from and who you are. And Jesus began from the very beginning saying, I know who I am and I know where I'm from and you don't get it because you're not from here. You're not from where I am. You're from below. He was putting it on him. John six forty one. At this the Jews were there began to grumble against him because he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. Now he's given direct direction to where he is from. And that upset him. Who does he think he is? They were not pleased with somebody who comes along and says who they are and then says, hey, you're from below, but I'm from there. I'm from heaven. I'm from another place. You don't understand it. You don't grasp it. I am the bread. What he was saying was, I am the very essence of life. I am the very essence of life, and I came from a place that you don't yet understand or don't yet grasp. He knew who he was. He knew where he was from, and he knew where he was going. John 8, 14. Back to that verse. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, remember? My testimony is valid for I know where I came from and where I am going. When you have a connection of who you are, where you're from, it will make a difference in where you're going. And Jesus already knew and he was establishing a principle here. He said, if you're connected, if you will get connected to me, you will find out the same kind of things. I know where I'm from and where I am going, but you have no idea where you're going. Again, he was challenging them. He was drawing them in. You don't know where you're from. You don't know where you're going, but I know. I know. John 14, 12. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater works than these, Why? Because I am going. I'm going. You're going to do more and greater because I know where I'm going. I'm going to the Father. I'm going to the Father. 
Let that ring in your ears this morning. I am going to the Father. John 17, 11. Jesus was talking to his Father. He says, I will remain in the world no longer. Man, I wish that had changed. <laughs> Don't you get in some situations you say, Lord, I wish you had just stayed here. But that's not the way he planned it. He says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Right in the middle of his prayer for us, he talks to his father, and he says, Father, I'm getting out of here. (laughs) I'm getting out of here. I'm leaving. I'm coming to you. I'm fixing to come. That's a southern phrase. Fixing. That means you're preparing, you're going to count as being... (laughs) It just, just sometimes it just comes out, you know. <laughs> Jesus knew who he was, where he was from, and where he was going, and it made all the difference in his life as he walked this earth those short years that he did. Because he gave us a principle, if we will learn the same three things, it will make a difference in how we walk this earth, how we live, how we act, and how we influence the world around us. Jesus knew, do you? I want you to ask yourself that question. Do you know who you are? Who are you? Let me tell you this morning, you are a new creation. One of my favorite verses, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. It's here. It has arrived. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. It's one of the first verses I learned after I got off track, got really messed up, away from God, away from church, away from everything. I began to memorize this verse, and and I've memorized it in the King James Version. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. New, brand new. When the devil comes with temptation and tries to defeat you and tell you who you're not, If you are in Christ, you can begin to tell him who you are. Remember who you are. I am in Christ. Old things are gone. I have a brand new life. Everything is new. All the old stuff is gone. Look here. Check this out. (laughs) I, I don't know. You see, there were times in my life when I had to kind of take that approach with the enemy, with the devil. I had to remind him. I remember waking up one time, at, not proud of this, I'm just relating a story. I remember waking up one time about, I don't know, up, up in the morning in a cold sweat, thinking that I was at another wild party where I had been before Christ. And I, I sat up and I thought, man, I'm tripping again. I, I thought it was real. I'll never forget, man. I was on the top bunk of the school. I jumped down, I started down the hallway to the shower. And I started quoting that scripture. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want you to know, I went through some stuff, so I had to get to a point to where I reminded the devil who I was when I found out I was a new creation in him. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, I had to get to that point where I said, look here, devil. Check this out. You can't touch this. (laughs) Woo. Oh, y'all think that's hammer time, ain't it? 
Sometimes we have to realize who we are and recognize who you are in Christ. I am a new creation. I have a new DNA. My DNA is BJC. You can write this down. Blood of Jesus Christ. Understand the reality, the importance, the value in knowing who you are in Christ. I am a new creature. It doesn't matter what he flows and what the enemy throws at me. In Christ, we're free from the law of sin and death because of forgiveness in Romans 8, 1 through 3. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives us life has set us free from the law of sin and death. I am new in Christ. I do not have to obey the law of sin any longer. I'm a new creation. I have a new mindset. Christ is in me. I live, I think, I breathe in terms of who Christ is in me. You are a new creation. You're free from the law of sin and death. And you are a child of God, which means you are an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. Man, this is hot stuff. Romans 8, verse 9. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit is in you. This should begin to change the way you see yourself. I am in the realm of the Spirit, not just in the flesh. I have to live in this flesh. I don't like living in this flesh sometimes, but as long as I'm in it, I'm living not just in the flesh, but in the realm of the Spirit. Verse 16, the Spirit himself. Check this out. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. How much better can you get with that? There's something in here that's connecting there that says I'm a child of God. And because I'm a child, if children, then heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. As an heir, what belongs to the parent belongs to the children. My kids know that it, whatever is mine is theirs. They don't have to wait till I die to get it. If they need it, come on over. I got a lawnmower. You need a lawnmower? Come on. That's the way we are in our family. I am an heir of God. The one who created the universe, the one who created the world, I'm his heir. And I'm a co-heir with Jesus Christ. We have the blessings of what kind of inheritance? That's like, what kind of inheritance? Man, when, you, when you put it in different terms, Luke 10, 19, behold. This is just a little bit of inheritance. I can't give it all to you. There's so much in the Scripture to give you that belongs to you because you are an heir of God and a co-heir with Christ. But let me tell you what he says in Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give unto you power. 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 P-O-W-E-R. Power. To tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Tell the devil that. Put that in his face. John 16, 23, Father, we'll give you whatever you ask in my name. <laughs> we, we like to use somebody's name to get in places sometimes. Well, I know so-and-so, you know. I know Pastor Larry Berbacher, he, he said I could do this. <laughs> Pastor Larry said I could. I don't know whose name he used, and I don't really use his name but I use the name of Jesus. <laughs> I use the name of Jesus. He said, Father will give you 
whatever you ask in my name because you belong to him, you belong to me. You have an inheritance. Psalms 37, 25, I know it's not in your nose, but he says, I have been young and I'm now old. And yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed begging for bread. You can worry about how the world's going and where it's going, but let me tell you something. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. You will not be forsaken. I don't care what happens. I don't care what happens with the economy, who's in the White House. It does not matter. I am his. He is mine. We are in one. Know who you are. You're a new creation. And when you know who you are, you belong to something bigger. It just gets better and better. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ. Get this. You are the body of Christ. When you belong to something bigger in Christ, you belong to the biggest family there is. We belong to a tremendous family. Understand that when you connect with the family of Christ, you become connected to the biggest family, the largest family that can reach out to you and minister to you, encourage you, lift you up. We talk about it all the time. We announce groups on the screen. We encourage people to come and get connected. Connect to Christ. Experience life. We have all kinds of groups, home groups, kayak groups, motorcycle groups, all, all kinds of th- ways that you can get connected and because we say groups are how we grow. When you find out who you are in Christ as a new creation, you are belonging to something bigger than yourself. And that gives us strength and hope. You know, we don't realize that we're always trying to connect to some group. We do it. We just, it just misses us. Let me tell you, we do it sometimes. I ride a motorcycle. Love it. Love to get out there and put it in the wind, as they say. But I can be riding down the road. Look, here comes another motorcycle. And here's what we do. Take one hand off the handlebars and you wave down here. I see you can get your hand back up there real quick. <laughs> you want to do this. Whoa. <laughs> but watch it. If you ride, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't ride, you, you, you'll see it now. You'll be going down the road and here goes one motorcycle. Hey, man. Hey, cool. Yeah, man. Come here. <laughs> we do the same thing in a boat. How many of y'all have been boating? You know, get in a boat, get down the river, whatever. What do you do? There's a total stranger over there. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> but you know what? We, we're connected to them because we are in a boat and they're in a boat and we're on the water. <laughs> Go, man. You ever seen that guy for it? No. <laughs> we're connected, man. We're in a boat. Maybe you don't have a boat, you don't have a motorcycle, but you have fashion. You have fashion. That's right. We connect all the time, and we don't realize it. <laughs> we connect through our fashion. I see it all the time. I did this one time in a four-year. It was the funniest thing. There's these three ladies were standing there, and they were doing this. They were just a talking up storm, and they all had their foot stuck in, in the middle, and they were comparing shoes. So I just walked up and didn't say a word and just slid my boot in there. (laughs) I wanted to connect. (laughs) I wanted to connect to that fashion, you know. (laughs) We do it. 
We're trying to connect to somebody, make us feel like we belong. We buy tennis shoes that we don't, we've never met that basketball player. We're not even sure who he plays for. Sometimes we, hey, that's a cool tennis shoe, man. Hey, man, check out my tennis shoe. All these little things that we do with fashion, with the cars we drive, with trucks. I remember we used to try to connect through cars. Back in my day, we jacked them up in the back because we were going to put big tires on the back so we could drag race, you know. There was a reason for jacking it up because the big tires wouldn't fit unless you lifted it up. Nowadays, we do all kinds of funny things to connect. Sometimes we'll put hydraulics and airbags all over them so the front will go up, we'll go down the street, and then we'll tilt it this way and go down the street, and we'll tilt that way. Y'all seen some of them. You might have one. <laughs> oh, we'll buy a four-wheel drive truck. Yeah, man, I'm cool. I'm in the trucking world. We was driving the other day, went to get lunch. Cindy and I were coming out of a... Uh, one of the restaurants or whatever, and, and we drove by, and there's four or five pickup trucks just parked in the one end of the parking lot. They're just out there hanging, being cool, connecting with each other over their trucks. The funny thing is, I bet you ain't none of them trucks ever been in the mud with all them mud tires and all. I mean, they're too shiny and too clean. <laughs> well, what are they doing again? They're connecting. They want to know who they connect to, who they belong to, where they're from. They're not sure where they're going. The world around us is looking for somebody to connect to. They want to belong, and we have the largest family in the world for people to connect to. We know who we are in Christ. We know where we're from, and we belong to something bigger, the biggest family in the world, and we could be reaching out to them, pulling them in. You belong to something bigger. People say, well, you can't pick your family. Oh, yes, you can. (laughs) You may not like all your family members, but you can pick your family. You can pick the body of Christ. That is the biggest family you can get connected to. You may not like all your blood relatives, but you can connect to Jesus, and he'll give you a whole new family that overcome all that mess. Well, you don't know where I came from. You don't know who my mom and my daddy was, and they was really bad. It makes no difference. You are in Christ now. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You have become a part of a new family that is bigger than you are. We don't have time to sit back and be depressed and, and complain. We are connected to a family. We're connected to a family. Look at your neighbor and say, you're connected to me. <laughs> the coolest thing about this family is, or one of the cool things is, we're connected. It doesn't matter who we are, what we look like, what we dress like. That's obvious. <laughs> just, just saying, kind of slipped out of there. <laughs> but we're connected to a family that is bigger than us. Recognize the power and the source of strength in that. So know who you are. Know the blessings that come with knowing who you are. And know where you're from. Where are you from? It's real simple. 1 John 4, 4. You, dear children. We just got talking about being children and co-heirs and joint heirs. We're children. You, dear children, are from God. I could stop right there and we could camp out a while. You are from God. If I had a better narrating voice, it would maybe have more impact. You are from God. (laughs) Again, let it sink in. You are from God. He spoke volumes right there, but we didn't really get it. You are from God and have overcome them. Now he's talking about somebody else, them. Because the one 
who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. You are from God. You are from God. Greater is the one that's in you than the one that's in the world. You are from God. That truth is just totally mind-blowing. We fail to realize that we are from God. We're separated from sin, yet reconciled back to God through the blood of Jesus. God is bigger than the one in the world. Therefore, you are bigger than the one in the world. Who is this one he's talking about? The devil is in the world. When you realize where you're from, the enemy has no power over you. You cannot be defeated. Realize who you are, where you're from, and live like it. Live like it. You're not fighting with people and with flesh and blood all the time. We know that from Ephesians. He said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against all that stuff, but against rulers, against authorities, against powers of the dark world, against spiritual forces in evil places. But we are from God. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world would, would love its own. But, but, because you're not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You don't belong. You don't fit in. Get used to it. <laughs> Let me say that again. You don't belong. If you're in Christ, if you're a new creature, you know where you're from. You're from God. You belong to him. You are not going to fit into this world. Well, I just don't understand why. I can tell you right now because you're from God. And you don't fit into the mold that the world has in trying to place us in. You don't belong. You're from God. John 17, 14. I have given them thy word. And the world hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Jesus knew he was out of place. He said, the world hates me. What do you think the world's going to think of you? We get really upset when the world doesn't love us. We do. It amazes me. We're just like all caught up in what the world thinks. We need to forget what the world thinks, what the enemy thinks, and start remembering who we are in Christ, where we are from. We are from God. We are not going to be liked. Everything you do is not going to be accepted. So quit trying to be accepted. You are not of this world. Quit trying to be like it. I just won't fit in. Well, you can't. If we are in Christ, we are not going to fit in. There is going to be an abrasion there. There's going to be uncomfortableness. We're going to be around people and they're just going to kind of feel funny because they're in the dark and we are in the light and light overshadows darkness. Woo. It just dissipates. You can take this whole room, turn every light out, it'll be dark in here, but I can strike one match right here and you'll see it from every place in here. You are not going to fit in. Darkness and light doesn't dwell together. One is going to overcome the other and guess which one that is? You're not of the world. Quit trying to fit in, Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Change your way of thinking that you might prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You are from God. Let's act like it.
Know who you are. Recognize where you're from. Don't ever forget you're from God. And then check us out. Where are you going? <laughs> where are you going? Now, immediately, I imagine some of you start thinking about where you think you're going. And I'm gonna, I want you to read this verse, but I want to pause. I want it to sink in because we hear this verse often. I've read this verse many times, and, and most often when I hear this verse, I hear it at a funeral. This next verse is given to encourage the family. It's in John 14. It's do not, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't don't get upset now. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Check this out. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you where? Unto myself. Because where I am, whew, there you will be also. Now that's an exciting verse. But I want you to know what excites me most about that verse. He didn't talk about heaven. Uh Uh-oh. That messed up your boat because some of you were thinking about streets of gold and gates of pearl and all that good stuff. The marriage supper of the Lamb. Yes, sir. I'm going to have sweet tea at the marriage supper of the Lamb. I don't know what you picture. (laughs) I picture literally, okay? Kind of a simple guy. But nowhere in that verse does Jesus even mention what heaven is like and what it's about. He said, I'm going. I'm going to prepare a place. Now, he mentions it as a place, but he doesn't talk about it. He didn't describe it. We find out later in Revelation. He says, to receive you, you, to myself, that where I am, you will be. It's not about the streets of gold, the gates of pearl, the the crystal sea. It's about you being with me and me being with you. Jesus said, I'm going to the Father. He didn't say, I'm going to heaven. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know about you, but this this really got into me. It's going back over my notes, and I just want to hurry up and get right there this morning. It's about relationship. Heaven is just the place. It's just the place. But his desire from the very beginning to the end, I know who I am. I know where I'm from, and I know where I'm going. And it's all about you knowing who you are, where you're from, and that you're going to be with me, and we are going to be together. It's called relationship. It's called relationship. What is a marriage about? It's about relationship. What is a family about? It's about relationship. You've heard the phrase, home is where the heart is. Where's your heart? It's not at your address, wherever you live, in Goose Creek or Somerville. That place you pull up to and put your car in the garage, that's not your home, it's a house. But home is where the heart is. Where's your heart? 
And Jesus was trying to tell us, I'm going to prepare a place for you because my heart's with you. I want you to be with me. I want us to be together. I want us to be together. This is the whole plan. Uh, I recently had lunch with a nine-year-old whose father had gone to be with Jesus. And this young this young kid asked me, when I get to heaven, will my dad be able to find me? He, he wasn't caught up in what heaven was going to look like. None of that stuff. He had one thing. He wanted to know, will my dad be able to find me? I said, yeah. I think he's going to find you. Because he knows you. You know him. And there's a heart connection. You're going to find him. We think about loved ones that we've lost and gone on before us, and we think, man, I can't wait to see my loved ones. And, and that's an awesome thought. But, the, man, that hit me right in the face when he said that. Will my dad find me? Because we're all going to go into heaven, and we think all of our family is standing right there on the edge waiting for us. Did you ever get that picture? Maybe it's just me. But I have, I've thought about those different ones. I've thought about seeing them and, and what it's going to be like. Well, so was a bunch of other million people. How are we all going to find each other? It was a pretty good question, I thought. Will my dad find me? Yes, sir, I believe he will. He'll know exactly where you are. I don't understand that concept myself, but I know this, that Jesus will find me, and I will find Jesus. Because the greatest thing about this world is where I'm going. You see, I look at world life differently now. It's not about what happens if I keep in mind who I am. If I keep in mind where I'm from, this doesn't bother me as bad. This doesn't upset me as much because I know where I'm going. I know what's ahead. What are you looking for? See, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go today. Oh, y'all getting up a busload? It's right out front. Get your tickets right down here. <laughs> uh, I have some news for you. Unless the Lord comes, nobody's getting out alive. <laughs> well, I hadn't thought of that. See, we live our life like we're going to be here forever. We do. I've done it. I do it. I try to prepare things like I'm just going to be right here. This is it. So I try to deal with situations like this is it. But this ain't it. If he doesn't come, I'm not getting out alive. We get wrapped up in things and the affairs of the world and we get all depressed because we look at it and we forget who we are, where we're from and where we're going. We look at the present economy. We look at the world. We look at the people who are running for office. I just said it. It's okay. I'm not worried about who's in the White House. They're only going to be there four years, eight years, whatever, but I'm going to reign with him a thousand years. Are you catching it this morning? They may sit in the White House, but he is on the throne forever. 
And we will rule and reign with him. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world that's falling apart. The world might be headed in one direction and they don't know it, but I know what direction I'm headed into you. 1 Peter 1.13, Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, let set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. Whew. Revelation 26, blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. But they will be priests of God and of Christ and reign with him a thousand years. It's the hereafter. I'm hereafter. What are you hereafter? You can write that down. It's a good one to remember. It's the hereafter. I'm hereafter. What are you hereafter? Your life will be different when you know who you are, where you're from, and where you're going. You will be blessed instead of frustrated. You will be less frustrated with with things that happen to you, and you'll be encouraged instead of depressed when you know who you are, where you're from, and where you're going. You will live a life of victory instead of defeat when you know who you are, where you're from, and where you're going. And you will overcome anything that life or this world throws at you. You will accomplish more in this life and more in the kingdom of God when you know who you are, where you're from, and where you're going. My question is simply this. Jesus knew. Do you? I want you to stand with me. Some of you have been fighting all kinds of battles and struggling with things because you were wrapped up in the present, in the here. And now, I want you to know it can change for you today. You might say, well, I don't know Jesus. I don't know who I am in Christ because I am not in Christ. If you don't know, you can find him this morning. You can find out who you are. You can become a part of this large family that we talked about. When they begin singing, I want, if you want to know Jesus, I want you to find your way down here. And our usher, altar workers are going to come and meet you and pray with you. If you just want to simply say, man, I've been caught up in this world. I've been, I have forgotten who I am. I've been struggling with all of this going on around me, and I forget that I, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Then I want you to respond. As they sing this song, I want you to find your way down here. Again, the family, the family was going to gather around you, pray for you and support you and give you the strength that you need and remind you who you are in God, in God. Thanks for listening to this weekly podcast. Check out faithishere.org for podcasts and videos of our previous messages.